Okay, so first of all, today's learning is the Zechen Nishmas from Moshe Ben Nachman Alevi, Yakum Shagafay Alevi, Sarli Bashmol Tzvi, Yacham Bepesas, Reis Moshehu, Ravim Ben Rabbarach, Nisham Moshe Ben Aliyah. So we're going to pick it up from Daf Lamed Lamed Zayin Amid Beis. We're up to Bishloimitz, four lines from the bottom. So we had yesterday a Machlaikas, a Machlaikas Tanoim. Whether Chadash is Aser in Chutzlaretz, or whether Chadash is Aser in Chutzlaretz, or only in Eretz Yisrael. The crux of the Machlaikas, the crux of the Shaila, was how do you translate the word Toshav? Does the word Toshav mean Bechol Moshvaisam? Does it mean any country that you're in? So Chadash will be Aser in the whole world. Or does Toshav mean when you enter Israel after it's settled? That means that according to that opinion, so we focus on the fact that according to that opinion, it's Chodesh is only Aser in Eretz Yisrael. But it's actually more than that. Chodesh is only Aser in Eretz Yisrael after they settled Eretz Yisrael. For 14 years, they are allowed to eat Chodesh. And here's the problem. It seems like they didn't eat, new, they didn't eat grain in Eretz Yisrael until the 16th of Nisan. Meaning, it seems that they only ate grain after Pesach started. Meaning, in other words, they waited for it to be Yashem. If you hold like the Shita, that Chadash, that Toishav means in Eretz Yisrael after it's settled. So again, like I said, yesterday we focused on the fact that means that Chadash is only Aser in Eretz Yisrael, but it's more than that. It's not just that it's Aser in Eretz Yisrael. It's only Aser in Eretz Yisrael after 14 years. That means that the day they entered Israel, the day they entered Israel, they could have, they could have uh, been eating grain right away. Why'd they wait? You understand the Kasha? So the Gemara says, Again, we had a machlekes tanaim yesterday. How do you translate the word Moshev regarding Chodesh? If you heard, if you hold that Moshev means the whole world, that's why it makes sense that they only that they ate grain. They only ate grain after the first day of Pesach. Meaning, when they entered Israel, they waited for it to be Yashan, and then they ate the grain because they translate Moshev as Bechol Moshev that it's Aser in the entire world. So the second they entered Israel, it was also Aser to Yichadash, and they had to wait for it to be Yashan. They did not eat Erev Pesach, because that would be Chadash. They waited until the second day of Pesach, then when it's Yashan. Alma, Akrov, Oymer, Bahadur Meaning, how do, you, how do you make something Yashan? How do you something become Mutter? So nowadays, we, we don't have a Beis HaMikdash anymore. Now it's just time. In the times of the Beis HaMikdash, you'll bring a carbon Oymer, and then it will make a Yashan. Then it's mutter. So the point is, in Eretz Yisrael, it says the Jewish people, when they entered Israel with Yeshua, they only ate new grain the day after Pesach, the day after the first day of Pesach. Meaning, they made sure they brought a carbon, then it was Yasher, then, then they eat it. Meaning, but it was a problem up to that point. Chodesh is also right away. But Elaman de Amar Lach Yerushav Yeshiva Nechel Alter. But if you hold that Toshav means that it's only Aser in Israel after 14 years, meaning Israel has to be conquered and settled, they could eat Chadash for the first 14 years of Eretz Yisrael. Why are they waiting? Why when they got into Israel, did they not eat grain right away? Why did they only eat, start eating grain the day after the first day of Pesach? They should eat right away. What's the purpose of waiting? So says the Gemara, the reason why they waited was not for a halachic reason, is because they had the extra, extra mun. Meaning, we thought, the Pesach says that they only started eating the grain of Eretz Yisrael the second day of Pesach. You read that and you're like, oh, for halachic reasons. They waited until the second day of Pesach so they could bring the carbon, so then it would no longer be Chadash anymore, and then it was Motor. The answer is no. Chadash is Motor right away, because Chadash was only Aser after 14 years of being in Israel. So why did they wait until the second day of Pesach? Because they had mun. 
Push it. It was it was a practical issue. They waited to eat grain of Eretz Yisrael because they push it had mon for the first uh, for the first period of time they entered Israel. They had mon. So the Gemara says, Loi have It's not that they waited for halachic reasons. They didn't need it. Why? Because they had mon until that point. Now, how do I know that they had mon after entering Israel until the sixteenth of Nisan? Because the pasuk describes the mon in a funny way. The pasuk describes. There's a contradiction within the Pasuk of when did they stop eating man. The Pasuk says, The Jewish people ate man for 40 years in the desert. Until they entered Israel. Okay. You see, means until they entered Israel implies that they only stopped eating the man once they were actually already in Israel. So they ate it when they're in Israel, then they stopped. But then the next part of the Pasuk, it says, they ate the man at Boyom Canaan until they got to the border of Israel. So did they stop eating it when they got to the border, or did they eat it once they were inside? So it's a bit of a contradiction. So the Gemara says, You can't say that they, that, they, uh, that they entered Israel and ate it within Israel because it says in the end of the Pasuk they only stopped eating it before they entered. So it's basically a contradiction. When did the mon stop? One Pasuk implies that it stopped before they were entered Israel and when they were outside of Israel. The other Pasuk stop, implies that it stopped when they were in Israel. So how, how do you reconcile? What's the answer? The Shiva Ba'adar Moshe Pasuk Man Moshe Rabbeinu died on the seventh of Adar. That's when the man stopped. So the sto- the man actually stopped when they were outside of Israel. But what they had left over lasted while they were in Israel until the sixteenth of Nisan. So the Gemara says, So it's a so both are true. The pasuk the man stopped when they were outside of Israel and inside Israel. How it stopped outside of Israel from falling, but what they had miraculously kept them going until they were actually in the 16th of Nisan, which is already a week into them being in Israel. So that's how you explain the two. So when the Pasuk says that they waited to eat the Israeli man, the Israeli uh, grain until the 16th of Nisan was not for halachic purposes, because really Chadash is mutter for the first 14 years. They just, HaKadosh Baruch who gave them man to get them into Eretz Yisrael, so they didn't need the new grain. If you take too much man, it's spoiled. But this, but this miraculously, this, the last man that they took, even if they took the regular, it lasted, you're talking about five weeks, yeah. The Pasuk said that the Jewish people ate the man for 40 years. Now that's not very true. It's not 40 years. Because the man only started falling a month into the desert. So, yeah, but that but didn't fall. For, if It says, well, they ate the man. That's what I thought the answer was. I thought that, but that's not the Gemara's answer. Well, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says that they ate the man for 40 years. The Gemara says, It's not 40 years, because it's actually uh, 39 years and 11 months, because the man only started falling a month into Israel. So I thought the answer would be, so you see the, the man that they ate into Israel for a month, but that's not the Gemara's answer. The Gemara, I don't know why the Gemara doesn't answer that way. I thought that, I thought it was like a you know like a like a like putting up on a T. So the Gemara gives another answer, and that is another chiddush, and that is that the cakes and matzah that they took out of Israel for the first month tasted like man. So they had the taste of man for forty years in the desert. I guess. Yeah, but that was but the yeah, yes. <laughs> 
That's interesting. I'm going to check it up. So it's it's interesting of why the Gemara. I guess the Gemara is interpreting the pasuk as the, the Jewish people ate man in the desert for forty years, and the problem is that's not accurate. It was partially in Eretz Yisrael. So the answer is the first thirty days, the grain and whatever they took from Mitzrayim tasted like man. So the pasha tasted man for forty years in the desert. Okay, now the Gemara says a very, very famous Gemara, it's a very, very famous Gemara, of how do you know how old Moshe Rabbeinu, when, when was he born and when did he die? So we all know the answer to this. Tani Idach, B'Shiva Ba'adar Meis Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu died on the 7th of Adar, B'Shiva Ba'adar Noilid, and he was born on the 7th of Adar. Now we know this from Haman, but how do we know uh, practically? Minayan Shebeshiva Ba'adar Meis, how do I know that Moshe Rabbeinu died on the 7th of Adar? Now, so the Gemara says, you, you don't actually, it doesn't actually say in the Pasuk when he died, but you could figure out backwards. Basically, I'll just tell you outside. It says Moshe Rabbeinu died. It says the Jewish people mourned him for 30 days. After the 30 days, Hashem tells Yeshua, get the Jewish people ready. In three days, you're entering Israel. And they entered Israel on the 10th of Nisan. So if you work backwards, 30 days of mourning, three days of prep, 33 days from the 10th of Nisan backwards is the 7th of Adar. So it's pretty simple math. The Gemara Shenem of Yom is Moshe Eved Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu died. Now, it doesn't say when, but we know the Pasuk says the Jewish people mourned Moshe Rabbeinu 30 days. So from his death, you have plus 30. Then, then the Pasuk continues in the beginning of Yeshua, after the mourning is over. So it's 30 days after Moshe Rabbeinu died. Hashem says to Yeshua, let's get ready to start going. Yeshua sends emissaries to tell the Jewish people, get ready, we're leaving in three days. You have 30 days of mourning, three days of prep, and then they entered Israel. Now, when did they enter Israel? The 10th of Nisan. So if you go backwards, three days of prep gets you back to the 7th of Nisan. 30 days of mourning gets you to the 7th of Adar. That's how you know that he died on the 7th of Adar. Now, how do you know that he was born on the 7th of Adar? So the Gemara says, How do I know that Moshe Rabbeinu was born on the 7th of Adar? Moshe Rabbeinu said in Parshish, in the, in, in the end of the Parsha, uh, the end of, uh, I think it's in Vayelach, that Moshe Rabbeinu says in the last day that he, is, he was living, he said, Today, I'm 120 years today, meaning today's my birthday, and I no longer can travel, and today's the day I'm going to die. So you see that the day that he died is also the day that he was born. If he died the 7th of Adar, he was born the 7th of Adar. Shein tamalam rehayoyim, why did Moshe Rabbeinu say I'm 120 years today? Hashem wants Sadiqim to have complete lives. Therefore, the day that he died was also the day that he was born. It's 120 years. Okay, okay. Back. That's the end of the Agadita. Back to our discussion. We had yesterday that the is the Tana of the Mishnah. Yeah, it's a Shaila how to read the Mishnah. But we said there are three mitzvahs that apply that are ground mitzvahs but apply world over. That's Arla, Klayim, potentially Chadash. If you hold like Rebbe Yezer, Rav Shimba Yechai holds that way. Tanya Rav Shimba Yechai. There are three mitzvahs that were commanded to the Jewish people when they entered Israel. I mean, the three mitzvahs that we started when we had the land of Israel. And although they're land mitzvahs, they apply both in Israel and out, and that's Klayim, Chadash, and Arla. Now, why is it? So I'll, I'll sort of speak out. 
Chodash applies outside of Israel, according to Shemichai, because he translates Toshav as Bechol Moshevaisam, the whole world over. Why does Klayim and Orla apply outside of Israel? So yesterday we said it was Allah and Moshe Messina. Because again, Klayim and, 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 and Orla are very ground halachas. Like, I would think that that's an Israel thing. But we're saying, no, it applies the world over. Now, Chadash applies the world over because the word Toshav means Bechol Moshevaisam. What about Klayim and Orla? What about Klaim and, uh, and Arla? So we said yesterday it's Halacha Moshe Messina. Shimbaychai has a different shot. He doesn't believe it's Halacha Moshe Messina. He thinks it's a Kavachaymer. What's the Kavachaymer? Huadin, Shinagu. I think it makes sense that Klaim and Arla should apply outside of Israel. What's his argument? He learns it out from Chadash. Again, Chadash applies outside of Israel because of the Pasuk that says Moshev Bechom Moshevaysam. Then he makes the following Shtikl Torah. If Chadash applies outside of Israel, Kavachaymer, Arla, and Klayim, because Arla and Klayim are way more severe than Chadash. So if Chadash applies all over the world, Klayim and Arla for sure. Why are Klayim and Arla more severe? Uma Chadash, Ein Yisur Arla. Now Chadash has a couple things that are lenient about it. It's not a permanent Isser. It goes away the 16th of Nisan. So it's not permanent. Ein Yisur Arla. It's not Asa Bahana. Yeshetel Yisuroi. And there's a way to, um, to make it better, meaning it'll expire either by time or a carbon. So it's not permanent. You could remove the Isser actively by bringing a carbon, and it's not Asa Bahana. So it's three leniencies, and yet it still applies the whole world over. And think about Kalayim. Kalayim is Yisur Misar Alam. Kalayim is a forever Isser, it never goes away. Isser Isser Hano, you're not allowed to benefit from Kalayim. Vein hetel isur, and there's no way to remove the isur. So it has all three stringencies. Kavachaymer should apply outside of Eretz Yisrael as well. Now, Arla has two out of three. Because Arla has no way to remove the isur, and it's Asr Bahana, but there is, it's not permanent because it ends after three years. But it has at least two out of three. So you got Klaim has three stringencies, Arla's got two out of three. So if Chodesh applies outside of Israel, Kavachaymer, Arla, and Klaim. He says, No, Klaim, Shisun is Arla, Mr. Zanai, and Hetel Isurai. So that's the shtikl tayr of Rishim Bayechai. Okay. What? Chadash has none of these, but the pasuk specifically says Moishav, which means Bechol Moishavaysam. That means it applies outside of Israel. Chadash has none of these stringencies, but still it applies outside of Israel. Kavachaymer, Arlen Klayim, that they should apply outside of Eretz Israel. Now, that's Rishim Bayechai Shita. We mentioned yesterday that. Chadash, it's a shy love whether it applies outside of Israel. It's a machlekes tanoim. In the Mishnah, it's a machlekes tanakam and revaliezer. I mentioned last night's halachas about how we paskin practically for, for, for Chadash. This is one of that terrible to be makel nowadays in Chadash. You potentially rely on the tanoim that there is no Chadash in Chutzlaret. Okay, fine. So you have Rabbi Shimbaichai says Chadash applies outside of Israel. That's his whole point. His son disagrees. Revaliezer, Rabbi Shimbaichai, Revaliezer, Rabbi Shimbaichai disagrees. If you look at Rashi, the last Rashi on the page before we turn the page, Polagadavua, his son disagrees. Vesavar, the Chadash ain't in Oyib Chutzlarz. Rishim disagrees with his father. He feels the Chadash does not apply outside of Israel. Now, by the way, his argument is going to be that any mitzvah that was commanded only when we entered Israel, that only began when we entered Israel, only applies in Eretz Israel. Now, that, that's for sure Chadash. They didn't have land outside of Israel. They never had land in the desert. So Chadash never applied in the desert. It only applied when they entered Israel. So Chadash, he's saying, only applies in Israel. Arlen Klaim should also only apply to Israel, according to this. Right? Because his, Rav Hashem's argument, as we're going to see in a moment, is that any mitzvah that only practically began when you entered Israel, 
and that was only commanded when you enter Israel, i.e., land mitzvahs, only applies in Israel. So Chadash only applies in Israel, not like his father. What about Klayim and, uh, uh, Klayim and Arla? They also should only apply in Israel. But that's universally accepted that they're the world over. So Rashi says, Arlo Klayim ene'ela halacha. It's halacha Moshe Messina. Fine. So let's go to the next page. Rav Lezbev Shimon he disagrees with his father. What does he say? Kol mitzvah shenitztav Yisrael koydim kenisasen la'aretz any mitzvah that the Jewish people were commanded while they were in the desert, i.e. they are not land-related, they're like tefillin or tzitzis or Shabbos, whatever, then it applies the world over. But any mitzvah that was only commanded when they got land, so it's a land-based halacha, like chadash, it only applies in Israel. Okay. So Rav Shem is very simple. He's saying if it's a land-based, it's got to be in Israel only. So chadash only applies in Israel. Now he says, what's an, ex- what's an exception to this? Chutz min Shmita canceling debts, that applies outside of Israel. And sending away the slaves during Yovel, that applies outside of Israel as well. Let me ask you a question. It's a very strange thing. Correct. That's a very good question. He said a rule. The rule is if it's related to land, it only applies in Israel. And therefore, Chadash doesn't apply outside of Israel. Except there are two exceptions, and that's sending away the slaves by Yovel. And canceling debts, those apply outside of Israel as well. The answer is, yeah, <laughs> they're not related to land. Okay, so you ruined it. You ruined it. No, no. So the, the, the so the Gemara is going to get to there, but the, the Gemara's kasha is is why would I think that canceling land, a debt is related to land? So the Gemara says kasha. Canceling debt. Has nothing to do with land. It's a loan. I, I loaned you money. Shemitah cancels the loan. So what does that? So he's saying, oh, the chiddush is that that applies outside of Israel. Yeah, well, why not? What does that have to do with land? The answer is like Nitzchelikatatanya. The reason why is what Gavin said, and that is that land, that canceling debts is very much intertwined. Shemitah has different forms. Yeah, there's Shemitah of the land, and there's Shemitah of canceling debts. Now you could look at them as two independent concepts. Rebbe does not look at it that way. Rebbe looks at it as there's only canceling debts when there's Shemitah of the land. If there is no Shemitah of the land, there is no canceling debts. He says like this, look at the Tanya. Rebbe, Oymer, Zedvar HaShemitah Shemot. The Pasuk says Shemitah the word twice. There's two different types of Shemitah. There's Shemitah's Karka Shemitah Tzofim. There's not there's resting the land from not working the land, and there's and there's canceling debts. When the Jewish people keep the laws of Shemitah of the land, then debts are canceled. But if the Jewish people don't keep Shemitah, then the debts are the cancel the, the, the loans are not canceled. Meaning the loan cancellation is intertwined with the debts of with, with Shemitah's karka, with not working the land. Therefore, you might think that because canceling debts is intertwined with, with, with resting the land, and Shemitah, Shemitah's karka only applies in Israel, so you might think that Shemitah's ksafim, that canceling debts also only applies in Israel. To that, Rav Lezbim Shemitah says, no, Shemitah's ksafim applies throughout the world. Okay. Now the Gemara says, so again, Rav Lezbim Shemitah's conclusion is that canceling debts on Shemitah, applies in America as well. The question is why? Why don't you say the following Jerusha? Ema, What was Rebbe Shtikl Torah? Rebbe just got finished saying 
that there's a connection between canceling debts and the land. What's the connection? Because the Pasuk says, Shemitah Shemot, two of them together. What's the connection? When the Jewish people uh, keep Shemitah of the land, then the Shemitah of, of, of canceling debts exists. If this goes, that goes. He says, why don't you say the opposite? Why don't you say not the opposite? Why don't you say it differently? Why don't you say you only have to keep the laws of canceling debt in Israel, where there's Shemitah's Karka? Right? You don't ha- I can work the land in America during the seventh year. Shemitah's Karka only applies in Israel. So you're connecting Shemitah's Karka to Shemitah's Kesef. Yeah, your connection is that when the Jewish people in Israel keep it, then that, that also applies. Why don't you say this? Why don't you go by location? Why don't you say Shemitah's Kesef, canceling debts, only applies in Israel because canceling debts is only applies in the same place of, of the land. Meaning, where there's Shemitah's Karka, there's Shemitah's Kesef. Where there's no Shemitah's Karka, there's no Shemitah's Kesef. Why don't you say that? So the Gemara says, The Pasuk says, Krush Shemitah Lashem. It's proclaimed Shemitah. Shemitah everywhere. So that Pasuk implies that Shemitah's Kesef, the canceling debt, applies the whole world. And therefore the connection is not where, but when. Okay. Now, those are only in Israel. Those are rabbinic concepts outside of Israel. First of all, trumas and mises is nothing outside of Israel. Chala is rabbinic. It's completely rabbinic outside of Israel. Because um, you see from this, it doesn't apply outside of Israel, uh, at least biblically. Now, the second thing that he said is an exception that applies outside of America, is outside of Israel, is sending away the slaves on Yovel. So again, the same question. My father said, what, what, what connections does that have to land? Like, what's the Chiddush? Uh, uh, what, what, is, what is sending away the slaves by Yovel? What does that have to do with the land? The answer is, because the Pasuk says regarding sending the lands that you shall send out freedom. Ba'aretz in the land of Israel. So you might think, Ba'aretz in Bechutzaretz law. You might think the Torah is specifically saying that it only applies to Israel. The Pasuk says, no, it's freedom everywhere. Oh, so what if if sending away the slaves applies outside of Israel? Then why does it say the word Baaretz, which means Israel, in the pasuk? What it means like this: There's only when there's Yovel in Israel, then there's Yovel outside of Israel. When there's no Yovel in Israel, there's no Yovel outside of Israel. One of the halachas of Yovel is that only applies when the Jewish people are rest, settling in Eretz Israel. If the Jewish people, majority of the Jewish people leave Eretz Yisrael, there's no Yovel. So when there's Yovel in Israel, then you send away slaves outside of Israel. When there's no Yovel in Israel, then you don't send away slaves outside of Israel. So Yovel applies outside of Israel, but it's contingent on the Jewish people being in Israel. So there's uh, some sort of connection to Eretz Yisrael. Now, okay, just a, not a new topic, but like a new way to go about it. Tanan Hasam, the Mishnah says in Arla, Hachadash Asim in Atar Bachomakam, Chadash is Asar outside of Israel. Arla Halacha, Arla is forbidden outside of Israel. Halacha. Halacha generally means Halacha Moshmasina, but we'll see, it could be something else. Haklai Medivri Sovrim. Okay, so Chadash is outside of Israel, Asar outside of Israel, Doraisa. Klayim is Asar outside of Israel, rabbinically. And Arla is Halacha. So what does Halacha mean? My Halacha. I'm Rabbi Yudam Rishmul, Hilchas Medina. Oh, so you know what Rabbi Yudam Rishmul says? Halacha means the halacha of the Jews, meaning rabbis. In other words, the way Rabbi Yehuda Meshmuel reads the Mishnah is as follows. Chadash is Asr, the whole world, Doraisa. Klayim is rabbinic. And Arla is halacha shall rabbis, meaning rabbinic. So halacha, so Arla and Klayim are the same. They're both rabbinic. 
So when he says halacha, it means hilchas medina, means the halacha of the rabbanim. That's Rav Yehuda Mishmuel's take. Ulam Rav no, he says halacha mosh mesina. He says no, it's halacha mosh mesina. So according to Rav Yehuda, the evolution of the Mishnah is as follows: Chodesh is aser outside of Israel Doraisa. Orla is outside of Israel halacha mosh mesinai. Klaim is aser outside of Israel rabbinically. Okay. Now here's the problem with Rav Yehuda Mishmuel. I'll tell you outside, then we'll see it inside. According to Rav Yehuda Mishmuel, how do you read the Mishnah? Chodesh is aser outside of Israel Doraisa. Okay. Klayim is Aser outside of Israel, rabbinically, rabbis. Orla is Aser outside of Israel, halacha shel rabbonim, i.e. rabbis. So Orla and Klayim are the same. Now, why does it have a different terminology? Not sure. But Orla and Klayim are the same. Here's the problem. There's a Mishnah that deals with what do you do with Suffolk. Right? We know Suffolk do raisa lochomra, Suffolk do rabbonim lekulav. Now, Klayim is rabbinic, so that means Suffolk Klayim Mutter, outside of Israel. I'm talking outside of Israel. Climb outside of Israel, rabbinic. So Suffolk, climb outside of Israel, mutter. Orla, what do you do with Suffolk, Orla, outside of Israel? So according to Yudam or Shmuel, Orla and a climb are the exact same thing. They're both rabbinic. It should be identical. According to the Rav Yochanan, Orla is Halacha Moshe Messinai, so you could see why it's more strict. We're going to quote a Mishnah that implies that Suffolk, Orla, is more severe than Suffolk, climb. That does not work according to Rav Yudam Shmuel, because they're the same. They're both rabbinic. According to Rav Yochanan, once rabbinic, once halacha Moshe Messina, okay, halacha Moshe Messina is going to be a little more severe. I get it. But according to Rav Yidam Shmuel, it should be identical, and it's not. So let's see it inside. The Gemara says, I say that Arla outside of Israel is Aser Halacha Moshe Messinai as opposed to Klaim, which is Klaim. That's why there's a Mishnah that makes a distinction between Suffolk Arla and Suffolk Klaim. That Suffolk Arla is a little more strict because to me they're not the same. Suffolk Klaim is Derabanon, Klaim is Derabanon outside of Israel, Arla is Halacha Moshe Messinai outside of Israel. Makes sense. Now, what are the area that they're different? Okay. Suffolk Arla Ba'aretz. You have Suffolk Arla in Israel. Arla in Israel is Doraisa. So Suffolk Arla in Israel is Suffolk Doraisa Lachomra Asur. You know how to eat it. Bissuria in Syria. Now, Syria was right outside of Israel, so it was kind of treated as a more severe rabbinic. So let's say you have Suffolk Arla in Syria. Mutter. It's Mutter. Okay. Bechutz Ba'aretz. It's even more than that. It's not just mutter. In in um, in outside of Israel, beyond Syria, you can, it goes even more than this. What is the halacha? The halacha is that you can go to a non-Jewish orchard that has a mixture of arla and non-arla, and the halacha is what's the lashon? Let the guy just take stuff for you. Uvachle, you're gonna like it. As long as you don't see that he took it from the Arla trees, it's fine. Okay? Meaning you can go outside of Israel to a, uh, he's got an orchard that's partially Orla, partially not. You could tell the, let's say, oranges. You could tell the guy, get me some, I'd like some oranges. He buys, he takes it from some of the trees. You don't know what it looks like, whatever. As long as you don't see him taking it from Arla trees, you're fine. That's a big leniency. Okay, let's keep going. That's Arla. What about Klayim? Be look, Abi Klayim Tanan. Klayim is even more lenient. What does it say? Let's say you have a vineyard that has greens planted in it, so that some greens are Arla, and you got greens outside of it. So you got, let's say, onions that are planted near grapes, okay? So the onions are Arla, are Klayim, because it's a mixture. Right? You don't know, so you got onions near it, onions outside of it. You go to the store and you want to buy some onions. So 
Ba'aretz, Aser. In Israel, you can't buy any of the onions because it's a suffix that it came from Klaim, Aser. Besuria Mutter. In Surya, you can buy them. Outside of Israel, Yorid Veloikir Vachli, you could be other. Outside of Israel, not only are you allowed to, not only are you allowed to eat the onions, you could tell a guy to pick it for you. Meaning, outside of Israel, Klaim, it's only Aser to grow and to pluck. But eating it is mutter. So you could actually go, if a guy actually planted climb outside of Israel, you can go to him and say, I'd like that climb, please. And he could actually get it for you. Arla, you can't do that. So let's just summarize. What's the halacha of Arla and climb outside of Israel? You have a mixture of Arla and climb outside of Israel. Arla, you could eat, as long as you don't see him taking it from the, from the Arla tree, it's fine. You could just assume he didn't. That's fine. Climb, you could actually tell him, take from that Arla tree. As long as you don't do it with your hands. Meaning, Arla, a climb outside of Israel is also to plant, and it's also to pluck. As long as the guy planted and the guy plucked, I could eat it. That's a leniency that climb has that Arla does not have. Arla, I can't do that. Arla, I can just, I can eat the Arla, Suffolk Arla outside of Israel, as long as I don't see it taken from an Arla tree. Climb, you could see it taken from the climb, and you could eat it. So let me ask you a question. So climb is more lenient than Arla. According to Rav Yechanan, that Klaim is Durabanon, and Arla is Halachomosh Messinai, I get why Klaim is more lenient. But according to Rav Yudam Shmuel, they're both rabbinic. So why is there a difference between these two in Halachas? Either be lenient by both, or be strict by both. So the Gemara says, El Lididach, so Ula finishes his Kasha, El Lididach, according to you, Nisni Oizev is a Yer Velaykech, Oizev is a Yer Velaykech. Either let them both be strict or both be lenient. But there should be no distinction between the two. They both should be identical. So the Gemara says, So Shmuel says, you're right, change the girsa. They make the mission of the same. Climb and Arla are the same. Either they're both mutter or both aser, but make them identical. The Gemara ends off, He actually taught them both being lenient, that you can get a guy to go in as long as you don't, as long as you, you don't do it with your own hands, you could tell the guy to pluck it for you. That would not be a problem, because Arla and Climb are the same. Correct.